Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. Yeah, it's uh, a great privilege for us, Kay and I, to be here. Um, 17 years ago, when we needed a friend like never before, Pastor Colin Urquhart uh, was that friend greeted us with open arms, invited us to come here to this place. Um, Pastor uh, Colin and his lovely wife, Caroline, have been really blessings to us over the years. And when we came here, the whole Kingdom Faith family welcomed us, took us in, encouraged us, loved us. We uh, really, this three years that we were here was very positive, wonderful three years of blessing in our lives. And we'll never forget that. And we'll never forget people that have invested in our lives. And uh, we've known Colin Urquhart for since 1985 and uh, longer than some of you have been alive. (laughs) But uh, but one thing I have always noticed and appreciated about Pastor Colin is he's always going forward in the same direction. Uh, we, we had Pastor Colin come to Germany. We led a Bible school there and had leadership conferences every year for several years. Every year we prayed, who shall we bring? Every year we thought you cannot do better than Colin Urquhart. And so every year we invited him to come. And I'll I'll never forget uh, because he everything was in German. He didn't understand a word, but he was right there in the worship. He was pressing in. You could just see him. He was singing his own text to the songs, you know, (laughs) but he was right there and he was pressing in to meet with God. And when he came He came in the fullness of the blessing of Christ. And so we're privileged to be here this morning. Um, We were a part of the team back in 2002 to 2005. And uh, it's a privilege to be here. We've seen a lot of people that we know and uh, a lot of people that we don't know. And uh, I can't see any of you right now, but that's okay. Anyway. I have it in my heart to just preach the gospel. When I, uh, Pastor Clive invited us to come to speak to the church this morning, I thought of a thousand things that I would like to say, but I felt like God just spoke to me very clearly and said, preach the gospel. And that's what I want to do because um, when Kay and I were in our early 20s and we began our ministry in Germany, we took as our life mission these two things, to glorify God, and they're actually one, but to glorify God and to help people. That's the mission in our lives. And I can't think of a better way to fulfill that. In fact, I can't think of another way to fulfill that, but by preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it doesn't matter where you're at today in your life. It could be that you don't know Jesus yet. It could be that you're that somebody invited you here because they love you very much and they want you to hear. They want you to be exposed to real living 
Christians, people that live their faith. And it could be that they just invited you and and they love you very much. And you're here this morning. I want to tell you that God is going to enable you. I, I can I just felt like there are some people here in this room that don't know Jesus yet and that are sitting there and thinking, I wish I could believe like these people believe. I want to tell you the first part of this good news is I believe what the Bible says when it says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. I believe that when the gospel of Jesus Christ is preached, there's a supernatural enablement to believe. You don't have to struggle to believe. You don't have to strain to believe. The Holy Spirit comes and he says, Amen to every word of truth. Amen means that's true. It means that's true. And so when the gospel of Jesus is preached, you can believe because the Holy Spirit enables you to believe. As long as you don't close your heart, as long as you don't shut down, as long as you don't try to find an excuse not to believe, the Holy Spirit will give you a supernatural enablement to believe. So hold on. Because we're going on a journey this morning. I want to preach the good news of Jesus Christ. And if you've known Jesus for a hundred years, the gospel, here's, here's one of the most amazing things that I've discovered. The gospel is also good news for Christians. It doesn't stop being good news after you became a Christian. I've been a Christian for almost a hundred years. I can only say that the gospel never becomes old to me. It never becomes old hat. It never becomes stale. It always becomes, it, it's always increasing in my understanding. It all, the gospel stays the same all the time. But my understanding increases and it becomes more valuable to me personally as years go by. I love the gospel of Jesus Christ. It, turn in your Bibles, if you will, to 2 Corinthians 4. And I'm going to read the verses 3 to 6. If our gospel still remains veiled, it is veiled for people who are perishing. What's happening there is that the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they won't see the light of the gospel of the glory of the Messiah, who is God's image. We don't proclaim ourselves, you see, but Jesus, the Messiah as Lord, and ourselves as your servants because of Jesus. Because the God who said, light shall shine out of darkness, has shone in our hearts to produce the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus the Messiah. I don't know of a, of a group of sentences in, in the Bible or outside of the Bible that are so powerful as these words here. The God who said, Light 
shall shine out of darkness is the one who's shown in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. In the face of Jesus Christ, you see who God really is. And you know, it's interesting how this is expressed. I, I, I love this because this is the good news of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the good news. I remember hearing how, uh, how Sundar Singh, he was on his way, I think, to the United States and he got saved. He was from India and he was on a ship and he got saved and he turned back and he went to the villages of India and he was preaching throughout the villages of India the gospel of Jesus. And one of his old Hindu masters came up to him and said, what is it that you have as a Christian that you didn't have as a Hindu? And he said, I have Jesus. He said, yes, but what have you learned as a Christian? What do you know as a Christian that you didn't know as a Hindu? He said, I know Jesus. What principle do you, have you learned as a Hindu that you didn't, that, as a Christian that you didn't have as a Hindu? He said, I have Jesus. Yes. Jesus is not a principle. Jesus is the person of God. Jesus is God who became a man. And this Paul says here, I love this. The God who said, light shall shine out of darkness. Did you notice that? It doesn't say shine in the darkness. It says he shines out of the darkness. And the reason for that is this, that God, we, we sang that this morning, you, you bring light to the darkness. But how does God do that? He doesn't do it from the outside in. He comes in to our darkness. That's what, they, that's what Christmas is all about. God himself became a man. He came in. He stepped into our darkness, the place where we live. And he, beca he became a man. And it's not just about, I think sometimes Christians are robbed of the beauty of the incarnation. Incarnation being the, the, the word for God becoming a man. Sometimes Christians are robbed because they leave it at, at, at the baby in the nativity. It's so funny, even in the creeds, we go from, born of a virgin to he died on the cross. Hey, there was 33 years in between that. It must have meant something. I can just picture the, the writers of the Gospels saying, man, we wrote all of that stuff and they don't even read it. See? He wasn't just born of a virgin and then all of a sudden died on the cross. No, he had a whole life where his entire life was revealing the glory of God. Everything he did, he showed us who God really is. A.W. Tozer, an, an old American preacher, said one time, the thing that you think of, the thing that comes in mind when you hear the word God will tell you everything about yourself. Because what we believe about God 
is what we believe about everything. C.S. Lewis said, I believe in Christ like I believe in the sun, not because I can see it, but because in his light, I see everything else. Everything else becomes different when we see that in the life of God. Are you there? Everything becomes more palatable. Life becomes different when we see who God really is. I said I've been a Christian for a hundred years. Actually, I'm not quite that old. Okay. I actually, I became a Christian when I was 20 years old, but I had a, a, a lot of bad years before that. I left home when I was 14 years old. I, went to, I grew up in the wild 60s. And they say, if you can remember the 60s, you weren't there. I must have been there because there's a lot I don't remember. Okay. And I grew up in the wild 60s. I left home at 14 years old. I, my, my dream was to be a rock star. And I went to San Francisco, got into a, a commune there uh, and... Uh, made music and all the other stuff, everything that went through it. I was I messed up my brains on drugs. In fact, I was so messed up that when I came to the Lord, right before I came to the Lord, I couldn't even read a book. I was 20 years old. I couldn't even read a book. I learned to read. But I blew my brains out on drugs. And when I got saved, I started going to Bible studies I couldn't get enough. I read the New Testament through in one month. I just couldn't put it down. I went to Bible studies. I listened to everything they under, that they said. And here's the miracle. I understood it. Before that, I had a concentration span of about five seconds. You ask me a question. And by the time you're done with the question, I forgot what the question was. And I would ask you again and people got frustrated and they said, forget it. It's not that important. All I wanted to know is what time it is. <laughs> That's how messed up my brain was. And when I came to Jesus, I just I fell in love with the word of God. I will not lie to you. I love the Bible. But the reason that I love it, the reason that this passage of Scripture is so beautiful is because it's true. And it has the power to change a person's life. I'm totally convinced of that. Paul said our gospel didn't come to you with words alone, but with power by the Holy Spirit and by full persuasion. In other words, the Holy Spirit made the gospel. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the power that's in the gospel to transform a life. And Paul said, I am totally persuaded of that. So the Holy Spirit comes as the gospel is preached. And if the person that is preaching it is persuaded that what he's saying is the truth, it has a life transforming power. This morning, you can be changed. You can be transformed. To me, that's the most beautiful thing about the gospel is it doesn't leave us where it found us. I can't think of anything worse than just going through life and never changing. 
God is continually working in our lives. And he does it not out of a frustrated, uh, there's just so many things about you I can't stand and I can't wait to change you. (laughs) That's not sanctification. That's not how God changes us. I read an article one time in National Geographic about uh, they, 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 they cleaned out an apartment of a man that was in prison. He was in prison in New York. He had an apartment in Manhattan. And when they cleaned out his apartment, they found an old frame with a painting in the frame. And the frame said, property of the New York Art Museum. And the people that found that thought this could be an important painting. So they called in the experts and the experts analyzed this painting and said, this is a painting worth millions. But what had happened was that they took this painting and just arbitrarily sprinkled it with paint, took a brush and just splashed paint on it. And so the experts came in And with passion and with love, they removed every spot that this crazy person had put on this painting. That's what sanctification is. That's what it means when God changes our life. He's not changing us because he's had it with us. He's changing us because he sees the real image. He sees, he sees beyond all that splashed on junk. He sees through that and he sees how he originally made your life to be. I love the good news. Is that good news or what? I mean, that's good news for everybody in this room. It doesn't matter where you are because you're continually being changed, but you can't change under the pressure of condemnation. You can't change under the pressure of hopelessness. You can only change as you have vision for your life. And that's what Paul actually said in chapter three of this text that I was reading to you. He said, we with open faces, unveiled faces, behold the glory of the Lord as in a mirror and were transformed to that same image from glory to glory. He doesn't want us to just look at Jesus and say, isn't he wonderful? He wants us to look at Jesus and say, isn't he wonderful? I want to be just like him. And the Holy Spirit hears that and he goes to work faithfully, passionately, with love. He removes every piece of junk from our lives. He's bringing us back to the original image. God stepped into our darkness when he became a man and he revealed to us who God really is. John said, no one has seen God at any time, but the 
Only the unique Son of the Father has revealed him. We've seen his glory full of grace and truth. Whoa, I love that. Full of grace and truth. I love the, the, the order of that too. That it's grace and truth. He doesn't leave out the truth. But the grace goes before the truth. So we can take the truth. We can accept the truth because his grace overwhelms us. Just lift, lift up your hands this morning. And just say, thank you, Jesus, for your wonderful grace. Your grace really is amazing. And I open my heart. I open my heart to your truth. I open my heart to your transforming power. In Jesus name. I don't get any hope. I'm not done. I just wanted to do that in between. <laughs> because see, he, he, Jesus shows us who God really is. Jesus is not a alternative picture of God. He is the picture of God, the image of God. When we look at Jesus, we see who God really is. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because when we look at Jesus, we see, we see the fullness of the revelation of him. Revelation, that, that thing that happens in our lives, we say, I think you say in English, the penny drops. That's what a revelation is. We, we've seen it. And when we see Jesus, we see the perf perfect revelation of God. We don't start with our understanding of God and try to fit Jesus in it. We start with Jesus and we say, this is how God is. And we interpret every other thing that we understand or think we understand about God him. He's not just a filter, but he is when he reveals God, he's revealing himself. But the amazing thing of it is, a man T. Austin Sparks once said, this is not God revealing God as God. This is man as this is God as man revealing God and man. Because no one can reveal God like a human being. That's what we were created for. We were created to be the image of God. We were created to be the reflectors of his glory. We were created to be those that when you look at us, you see how, his, how God really is. And we, we missed it because of sin. But here's the good news. God became a man and he did it himself and he is the image of God. 
But I want to say to you that when Jesus was on this earth, we saw exactly how God is because Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. He's never indifferent to suffering. He's never indifferent to our need. He's never indifferent to all of our problems. He doesn't say, you shouldn't have done that. It's your fault. Who doesn't know that? That's not a revelation. Are you there? But when we see Jesus, we see him going about doing good, healing all that are oppressed of the devil. He released his life wherever he he went. He was a river of life. He was the place where God and man meet together. He he healed the sick. He delivered the the demonized people that were oppressed by the devil, came free. He broke people out of bondages and out of prisons. He set them free because that's the way God is. This was not Jesus doing something that God wasn't doing. Everything Jesus did was what God was doing. I love that where, where it says Jesus heals this man and, and says to him, go and tell everyone what God has done for you. And the man went and told everyone what Jesus had done for him. Why does it say that? Because what Jesus had done for him is what God had done for him. Jesus was doing what God was doing. God was doing what Jesus was doing. That's why when Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Everything I do is what the Father does. I don't do anything on my own. Nothing I do is of my own initiative. I see the Father working and I work also. Everything I do is the reflection of who God is. When I heal a person, you should know God wants to heal. And his salvation, his his helping hand goes into the deepest part of our life. In fact, every area where sin and Satan has affected life, the good news of Jesus Christ enters that darkness. But the place, I believe, where God is revealed the most is on the cross. I believe that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself not counting people's transgressions against them. Hey, if you're here this morning and you've sinned, I want to tell you, well, if you're here this morning, you have sinned. (laughs) But that's not the end of the story. Because God is not counting that transgression against you. He's done everything to reconcile you to himself. You can be reconciled to God this morning. And in a short time, we're going to give you the opportunity to do just that, to respond to this message. 
God is not holding that against you. He's not holding that over your head. He doesn't have to think about it when you come to him. If he's going to accept you or not, he's done everything. He's paid the price. And in the cross, we see who God really is. This is how we know what love is. He laid down our, his life for us. God himself paid the price. God himself entered in to his worst nightmare, becoming the very opposite of everything he is and everything he stands for. The Bible said he became sin on the cross. And he did this out of pure love. I always find that amazing in sentences where it talks about he loved us and gave himself for us. It never says he loves us and gave himself for us, even though if he loved us once, he loves us always. But the reason why it's in the past tense is because God wants us to know that what Jesus did on the cross, that was the love of God. That was God entering our darkness and from the inside out shining. He entered, he stepped into the darkness of sin and he died the God forsaken death on the cross. We sang a song the other morning that he, he was forsaken so that we will never be. He was cast out into the darkness so that we could come into the light. That was God himself laying down his life for us. I love that word Paul says. When we were still sinners, God demonstrated his own love toward us in that Christ died for us. What does that mean? That must mean that Christ is God himself. Wow. Time for you to stop, Mike. God is in Christ. And Christ is God laying down his life for us. Yes, he had to be a human to do that. Nevertheless, that was God who laid down his life. It, it, it only makes sense if Christ is God. Because otherwise, otherwise, it would be like me saying, you know, I love you so much that Phil is going to pay your rent. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense at all. What does is, what is my loving you have to do with Phil paying your rent? Nothing. But because Jesus and the Father are one, when Jesus laid down his life, the Father was also right there. Paying the price. The Holy Spirit was also right there. And on the cross, we see the amazing demonstration of the love of God. Is that not amazing? Yes. 
Is that not powerful enough to make you say, if that's like other people have said in the past, if that's what God is like, he can have my whole life with everything I am and everything I have. That's what God is like. And that's why he deserves all of our love. That's why when we follow him, we're not, we're not concentrating on everything we have to give up. Yes, you start by leaving your old life behind and then you follow him. But you don't do that with a spirit of drudgery any more than Christ laid down his life with a spirit of drudgery. He gave himself for you because he loves you so, so much. And he paid the price on the cross. Your sins, my sins were terrible. God could not look at them. God could not even look at his son because he had entered in to that darkness. Sin is a terrible thing. But God himself has made the way. God himself has paid the price. And there's not one person in this room that's excluded. I don't care who you are and what you've done. God is reaching out to you. You may be not, not yet a believer. And you may have been a believer for a long time. But no matter where you are in your life today, God is still reaching out to you. This is still good news. You, you can lay hold of this. That's what the Bible calls faith. You can just lay hold of it. You can take it. I want to ask you now to stand and ask your worship team to come forward. I want to pray first of all for people who already are believers, already are walking with Jesus. But there's something blocking you right now, something that has been blocking you in your life. It may be for a long time, maybe for a short time, but I take authority right now in the name of Jesus and I set you free. I set you free. I just sense in my spirit there's chains being broken right now in the name of Jesus. Just, there's prison doors being opened. People are coming out of that darkness because Christ has entered your darkness. He took that darkness on the cross. And now that darkness is no longer yours. The door has been opened and the God who said light shall shine out of darkness is the one who shines in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. I just sense right now that the face of Jesus is shining there for anyone to look up in their, the eyes of their hearts and to gaze upon his wonderful face. When you see him, 
you are set free. No chain can hold you. I sense in my spirit there are people here this morning who need healing. As you look up into the face of Jesus, there's healing flowing right from his glorious face. And you're being healed right now. The people being healed of heart disease right now in the name of Jesus. Yeah, you've had a, a pain in your heart and it's a cause of fear that something is wrong. I rebuke that fear and I rebuke that heart disease in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. There's someone here this morning that has been devastated by financial need. In the name of Jesus, I release the provision of your shepherd. The Lord himself is the one who takes care of you and he provides for you. And I release that flow of finances for you in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. There's someone who has been being ripped off, stolen from. Literally stolen from. And I turn that around right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You are set free from the thief in Jesus' name. And right now we're standing together and we're requiring that to be repaid what the thief has stolen and to be repaid many fold in Jesus name, in Jesus name, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in Jesus name, in Jesus name. I just feel there's someone here that has been weighed down by a spirit of worry in the name of Jesus. We break that worry. Worry is a terrible, terrible use of the imagination. And we break that worry and we turn that imagination around to be hopeful. In the name of Jesus, I break off of you the spirit of hopelessness right now. And I open for you in the spirit. I open for you a door of hope. There's a door of hope open for you. And I see glistening, gleaming, sparkling hope coming down on every part of your life in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I see weights of depression being broken off of people. Somebody in this room that has been weighed down, it's, even, it's, it, it's not even a, a spiritual depression. It's a chemical imbalance. And I speak healing to that chemistry in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I speak healing to that body chemistry. There's somebody in this room that has been addicted to drugs. I break that addiction in Jesus' name. 
I break that addiction in the name of Jesus. There's someone in this room that has been, has, has been a Christian, but has fallen away. The doors of Father's house are open to you. You can come back. The Father is waiting for you with open arms. In fact, right now, he's running to meet you. He's running and he's throwing himself upon you and kissing you. Wow. In Jesus name. Be free in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com.